Hey guys, been a while since I uploaded podcasts. I just decided to count how many I've done on Apple to, to see what number to shout out. And this is episode 13. Thank you everyone that rated the podcast. Um, it has five stars currently on Apple. I don't know about the other platforms, but uh, if you can rate it or leave a comment or however that works, do that. I think it helps out. Um, this is episode 13, Stevie Randolin. She came and worked with us for a couple of days. We had a great time. And we talked about uh, her life and times in tattooing, you know? And I think the biggest takeaway from this is her perseverance and her work ethic. And I, I've said time and time again, I think what makes a tattooer a tattooer is, is perseverance. The ability to like stick it out, like whether they should or shouldn't, they're in it. There's so many roadblocks and reasons to not tattoo. And there's so many, it's a hard business. And um, when you have a stroke and lose the ability to use your tattoo hand, the business can be a lot harder. But Stevie has relearned how to tattoo and relearned how to draw with her left hand. And she's back. She's back like I think nine months in killing it. And she's not just doing stretched out spots like forearms and, and shins. She did a tummy tat here. She's doing real tattoos on real people. Like, no bullshit. Her work is incredible. Um, if you're not familiar, uh, Stevie Randall on Instagram. Uh, I'll tag it in the podcast show notes below. If you're watching the video, um, it's written on the screen. Here's some of her work. Here you go. And with, uh, without further ado, let's just get into the video or the audio. And uh, here you go. This is the Stevie Randolin episode. I did a stick and poke Playboy bunny. And it was like where you could get those like little shitty stickers for like tanning. And you like put them on your hair. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> and you like tan the little Playboy bunny. Well, I put the stickers on like me and my best friend's ankle. And stick and poke Playboy bunnies. And I tried to did hide you it. you stick and poke around the sticker? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I tried to hide it from my parents, obviously. And it was like, where'd you put it, it? it? On my ankle. Oh, I thought you. I thought you. I thought you were no. talking about your hip. No. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, that would have been a lot easier to hide. Yeah. So then I got caught because it was dead ass summer, like super yeah, nice. And I, my dad still lived in San Diego and I was visiting my mom out in Arizona cause she moved out there. Yeah. And, uh, we were going to my stepsister's softball game and mm -hmm. she won or my mom was like, you're not wearing pants. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to wear shorts. And she's like, you're not wearing pants. Like it's 115 degrees outside. Put some fucking shorts on. Right. So I did, and I tried to like cross my legs and keep my ankle covered and hide it and everything like that, and that didn't work. So then uh, my stepdad ended up being the one who ended up seeing it, and my mom ended up, you know, raging, and she called my dad and was like, "How could you let her do this?" Like, Man. blah blah blah. So my dad decided that uh, I was too much of a rebel, and he was like, "You can have her. I don't want her back." Fuck. <laughs> so my dad packed all my stuff in like a, a box the size of like the corner of this room. Uh-huh. Just like threw it in there, dropped it on the doorstep and was like, later. And which was a good thing because I wanted to live with my mom. That's how you ended up back in Arizona? Yeah. And so that's how I ended up back in Arizona. And my parents were like, your friends are bad influences. You're moving to Arizona. Was it the friends or was it you? It, it was me. It's always that way. 
And it's always that way. Yeah, and I definitely like lied about the friend that I got in trouble with, so that it would I wouldn't get in trouble with that friend, so yeah. I wouldn't be grounded from seeing her. And I blamed it on another friend. And I feel like I'm always friends with the wrong friend because yeah. whenever there's a story like this. It's always like the parents always blaming the wrong kid, but I never know who the fucking right kid is on the other end of the yeah. story. I'm always looking at the fucking wrong kid yeah. in these stories. My mom literally to this day, like she'll she'll try to be like, oh, like your friend was to blame and da da da, and I'm like, no, it was definitely my idea. And like, yeah, I don't know, and it's not like anything was influencing me or like. Yeah, know. so how do you? It's just you, like you, being a kid. But like you're obviously aware of tattoos. Like, what? How did? I was, but like my mom, my mom has like one shitty like she got it in a house tweaker tattoo. So she can't say shit. Uh, no, definitely not. But yeah. you know, it's it's for me and my brother, so it's mm. like it's like a banner. It says Stevie, and like the bottom says David, and there's a rose in the middle. That's of That's kind of tight. No, it's actually like if you look at it, it's like well, for a tweaker tattoo, that's pretty good. But, yeah. And uh, my dad's never had any tattoos, and definitely thinks like everybody that has them is like a thief and a robber and a drug yeah. dealer and you know you're just a horrible person oh, fuck. so and you know even when i got into tattooing or he heard that i got into tattooing because i hid it from him for over mm. a long time because he's very judgmental he's like i told you so i fucking knew it uh no he was like <laughs> you, you should be a tattooer that doesn't have any tattoos and I was like, no, nobody would respect me. That's a weird thing to say. Yeah. And he was like, no, like, it'll be the coolest thing ever. And I'm like. <laughs> Dads don't understand. <laughs> yeah. And so he was just stuck on that. And like, even till this day, like, he'll just ignore the part where I'm tattooed and the part where like everything that involves me. And he'll like be like, oh, it's, you know, good for you. Like now that. I'm I'm make the money that I make. Right. He won't say anything bad, but he's like definitely not for the fact that I'm tattooed. Weird. So my parents weren't excited about it, and they thought that moving me to Arizona was gonna keep me away from it and keep me out of trouble. Mm-hmm. But obviously that didn't work because I became a tattooer. And yeah. How long after that did you get reacquainted with tattooing? Uh. Well, I mean, obviously it doesn't count yeah, before. Yeah, I but. didn't know I wanted to be a tattooer. Uh, I mean, I drew my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted a job with art, but I never even considered tattooing. Because uh, my parents, like, never, like, let me know about, like, tattooing really. Like, I knew that tattoos existed, but I didn't really know anything about tattoo shops, anything about the culture, anything about anything. And... uh once I started to become like a teenager and kind of got into it and like liked tattooed people and it was basically listening to like punk rock and hardcore and everything like Mm -hmm. that, that like I started seeing tons of tattooed people and I was like, I love them. I want to look like that. Yeah. I want to live that life. Like (laughs) that's that. I want to do that. What kind of job can I like do art, look like that, get paid I want to do that. And it wasn't until, because I lived in Arizona and mm-hmm. you can get tattooed. You yeah, know, they don't care. Yeah. yeah. At whatever age. Yeah. If your parent, you know, consents and which my mom did. My mom told me if I got straight A's that uh, she would let me get tattooed when I was in high school. And so I got the straight A's. I think she was banking on the fact that I wouldn't. Right. But I got the straight A's. So she had to take me to get a tattoo. Well, I was only 15. Damn. Yeah, I was young. 
Uh, it's a really bad tattoo, too. Um, Is it worse than the Playboy Bunny? Oh, fucking way worse. No way! Like, no way. The, the shop had carpet. Damn, Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. So, uh, I got that tattoo, and it wasn't then that it, like, hit me. I honestly thought that I would never get a tattoo again. Did you think your I, tattoo was sick? Was it like magic? Like, whoa. No, honestly. Okay, so my mom was so controlling. And she was like, you know how to get a skull or anything like that because it's too tomboy and blah, blah, blah. And I just really wanted tattooed. Mm-hmm. So I was like, fine, whatever. Like, whatever she would say yes to. So I got these really hideous butterfly wings tattooed on my back fuck yeah you did and they were like the size of my hand each it's like, pretty big and so it was like way too big for my like each shoulder yeah you're yeah. flying <laughs> <laughs> you got the fairy back yeah that's sick. so damn that's yeah tight. 15 year old mistakes but then when i was 17 i went to get tattooed um and I was actually, do you know Kong from Steadfast Mm-mm. out in Vegas? Mm-mm. I ended up getting a traditional tattoo from him. And was that by chance or was that sought out? Uh, no, that was, uh, it was sought out. He was Whoa. like the only traditional tattooer in the area, like in the tri-state area. So a couple years later, now you now know you Now he like lives in Vegas and, you know, is mm-hmm. a known traditional tattoo artist, but it wasn't like a... It was just the only traditional artist in the area and was mm-hmm. the only one that I would want to get a tattoo from. And I went to go get tattooed and I remember like looking at all of his books and I asked like a million and one questions. Mm-hmm. I was just like, how do you see what you're doing? How, what are you using? Like, why are you using it? Blah, blah, blah. It was just like question, 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 question. And, uh... I remember walking out of the shop and I was just like, they get to draw every day and like paint every day. Like, that's what I want to do. Went home, told my mom I wasn't going to college anymore because I was like getting straight A's and was like on my way to go to college and was going to be like the first kid to go to college in my family. So she was not happy and definitely was bummed. Uh, and then I graduated high school six months early. Really? I took summer school on purpose so that I could finish school faster. Just get the fuck out of there. And start tattooing. Whoa. And so I... You can't talk shit on that. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah. So I graduated early um, and then basically quit my job. I worked as a waitress at a 50s diner. Mm-hmm. And then quit that and my mom bought me a really shitty tattoo kit sick off of i think eBay. it was ebay back then yeah i got my first one same yeah. spot yeah Around 50 bucks <laughs> and... supposed to buy clothes with the money didn't <laughs> <laughs> and she so she actually you know supported me yeah. and uh so she bought me that kit and then i basically bought it and i went full-fledged yeah. And then I would just get tattooed as, and I lived in the middle of nowhere. So there wasn't a good shop to compete with or anything. Not it? even compete with. Like there was nobody that I could go learn. There's from. no opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So I just kept going and getting tattooed by other tattoo artists. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and were you traveling like Vegas or you yeah, going to Laughlin? Yeah. To or? Vegas. Yeah. And then by the time, like during this whole time, uh, I had 
the same boyfriend like all through high school uh I was you know one of those young kids that dates a person that's definitely shouldn't have been dating way Mm -hmm. older than me I think I was like 16 and he was like 21 or 22 Mm -hmm. or something like that and uh so obviously he knew a lot more and he had had tattoos and stuff and he was friends with this dude named uh, Rex Roxwell Sounds like a fake name. That oh, I, I I don't think it was his real name, but you know, <laughs> MySpace like, name. Ta- yeah, MySpace. Sounds like a name or, I would make yeah, up around yeah. the shop, fucking around. Whenever. So, but he worked at Last Chance, and oh, so cool. uh, you know, I spent a lot of time in Last Chance, and I'd gotten some tattoos there, and I would do the same thing, and I was just like, "What are you doing? Why why are you using this? Why are you using that?" Da da da, mm-hmm. and because I I never did an apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. That's I lived in the middle of nowhere. I didn't have that opportunity. And the tattoo artists were worse. Like, like They weren't doing much different than you. Yeah. yeah. They, were, they were just terrible. And uh, the biggest shop that was known in our town, still to this day, uh, the lady was always known that she, or known, I don't know for sure, uh, for having hepatitis. And it was like, whoa, why the fuck would it's I go cool learn to that? Yeah, yeah, like, why would I go learn under that person? And, like, why would I trust that? And so I just kept traveling and seeking out other people. And I ended up getting a job at a shop. Um, it, they ended up being, like, two cholo dudes mm-hmm. who moved from, like, somewhere out here. And they moved to Kingman and they opened a shop. And they ended up hitting me up and being like, hey, do you want to come work for us? And they basically kind of like pulled me, like I wasn't, I was never hired as an apprentice and I didn't have to do any of those kind of things. But, you know, at the same time, were teaching me basically all the things you would learn in an apprenticeship. Right. But then they were like, oh, okay, because I, I always knew from day one that I wanted to do traditional. Um, but they were like, you need to know more than that they were like fuck that you need to learn black and gray you need to learn fine line Mm -hmm. you need to do this you need to do that which they so they forced me and then they taught me a bunch of stuff and i learned that from them and then i basically just kept chasing shops and opportunities like after that and so i chased uh that in kingman from uh that to uh i mean it was a traditional shop but now that i look back on it it was right uh it was just like a hot rod 50s. For know. sure. Cherry Creek, Cherry Creek stuff. Yeah. And uh, so I chased that and I, I moved to Bullhead and I probably spent a year there. And then um, I actually ended up in California and then I tattooed there for a couple of years and then bounced around a million times after that but i've always constantly just chased wherever more the opportunity was because i was always trying to climb a ladder and get better and get better and right so then i ended up all over the place and i've gone back to kingman a few times definitely a few times where's where's home of all the places you've been Mm, i would i don't know yeah i like that gypsy life yeah i get it i definitely do uh I guess if I had to say home, Kingman's where my family is, mm-hmm. and it's where everyone that I would want to be next to is, but I hate the town. Yeah. Like, just because 
not enough people want to get what I want to do. Just op- it's limited yeah. opportunity. And, and or like you know people just don't care about tattooing the same way that I do um, out there. Other than like you know my five friends that I've been tattooing for the last twelve years, they all get that stuff. But it's like okay, well that doesn't pay the bills, and right. that doesn't make. I mean it's great, but it doesn't make me happy. Like all in all, so that's why I've pretty much always become addicted to like the traveling it's like mm. i can live there because like i have a three three bedroom two bath two car garage house there uh and it was 750 fuck you so it's like i can travel wherever the fuck i want to and pay it in like one or two tattoos yeah that's true and i mean especially with the internet you can have a few people here a few people there and you mm-hmm. can go there and... well especially like you know when i I moved to this shithole, Visalia, California, mm-hmm. which is where I had my kids. Yeah. So I was there for a couple of years. Uh, so I obviously established quite a bit of clientele out there. Then I moved to... Wait, let's talk about... Let's start about like, like becoming a mother and tattooing and juggling. that. We were talking about that a little bit yesterday. Yeah. And like that's super interesting to me. I want to know about that. Uh, well, <laughs> I think I was only tattooing maybe two years by the time i had a baby yeah the you know the first time um and because it didn't slow you down you were tattooing the whole no, time no i tattooed i tat or i tattooed literally until like the day before i was supposed to pop um and then i went back to tattoo i think three four weeks maybe after i had had a baby just because I can't do sitting at home. Yeah. And I, I wanted to go back to work. So I would put my kids in a car seat, take them with me to work. And I would literally use my foot and rock my kids and tattoo That's at the so same tight. exact time. That's so tight. <laughs> People would be like, how are you doing that? And... I would just do it and figure it out. And so... There's people that probably think that's, like, uncool hearing that. I think it's the coolest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) I I honestly, like, especially because, like... So they say, like, inside your belly, like, certain noises are, like, nurturing for kids. Well, obviously, me tattooing 24-7 every day, like, that buzzing noise is, like... Like, white noise for my children. Yeah. So whenever I'd be at the shop, they would just pass out. They like it. Yeah and tat babies yeah they're my kids have my kids tattooed i think at three and four and then they they i just let them tattoo me again uh i don't during covid like in the middle of the summer that's so cool i had them tattoo me um my oldest i definitely think she might end up like as far as like artistically wise like I don't know if you've ever seen, but I always post like my kid draws choppers like Mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. And I'm just like, I could never draw a motorcycle like that when I was that age. I mean, I drew, but like, not like that. Like, she definitely shows me up and like her like composition and like knowing the size difference of things and like just looking at people and then like drawing their body and their like everything being where it's supposed to be. And I'm like, and that was like when she was nine. Yeah. Um, and I, so I don't know. They've, they've always, they loved art. How would you feel as a parent if they became like, if one became a tattooer, is that something that's like, mm, it's ooh. not pushed and it's not wanted. Um, just because I don't even know what it's going to be like by the time my kids are old enough. 
let alone like just now like starting nowadays like yeah but there's also the same note be never a better time to be a female tattooer now than before yeah that's true but like path has been paved a little bit yeah you mean yeah definitely not as terrifying as it once was um i told my kid i said pick a job that you want not because i do it or because your dad does it or you know anything specific like that do it because you want to or because you love drawing or that's all you want to do and you know that only be the reason if you know you want to be a hairstylist if you want to be you know a veterinarian like do what you want to do so you know there's times where she goes in and out of like saying like oh i'm gonna be a tattooer like i want to draw and then there's times where she's like "Mm, i don't know so and i mean if if you ask them right now you know are you gonna get tattooed they're like no like they know it hurts they're around it all the time they see people getting tattooed all the time so they're like nope have fun like later so uh I think it's still too like wishy washy. Yeah. But I would never push it. I don't. If my kids want it, cool. But also, if you don't want it, cool. I'm not gonna push it on them. So. Wow, I think I was never really exposed to tattoo at an early age, and I didn't really, I didn't know anything about tattoos or what a tat. I until I got tattooed. Yeah. Other than like the TV shows. Same. But the TV shows don't show tattooing. Yeah. So I didn't really know. I thought, like, if you did tattoos, you had to know how to draw. But I, I, I mean, and I guess you do, kind of. Yeah. I can't draw. But, like, people would, like, I didn't understand the whole idea of a stencil. I'm like, yeah. I thought you had to draw that face on yeah. that person's arm. Yeah, yeah. That blew my mind. And some of the best portrait artists I've ever met don't know how to draw a portrait. Well, even if, like, the way they originally did stencils, that still blows my mind to this day. Yeah. I'm like, you have to put that much effort into, like, yeah. N- no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That doesn't sound fun. Tattooing is getting easier for sure. Yeah. And like it's it's getting far more accessible. And um I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know where it's going, but I think you know we've had these conversations over the weekend working together, but I think it's not going in I think it's going in a lot of different directions. Yeah. You know? And tattooing's changing and and like, oh, I got to change with it. But I don't think tattooing is, is a thing to follow or to change with. I think there's many genres in tattooing now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely is. Yeah. I would say, I mean, especially the, like these days, like it's not even just black and gray traditional, neo-traditional. There's like, I feel like there's just so many sub Well, even traditional, categories. what the fuck does that mean? What's traditional? Yeah. What tradition? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and then it's like, and then every artist is a different color pot, different line weight, different approach. Like, everyone is um, competing. Yeah. Nothing is like uh, falling together. Um, everyone's trying to outdo the tattoo next to the other one. Mm-hmm. So then tattoos are just clashing and battling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like a crazy bold one next to a crazy thin one next to a crazy mm-hmm. bright one. You know, I think it's, it's, it's a uh, tattooing, tattooing is so many things. And I think, um, it's whatever you want it to be. Yeah. So you're running around, you're jumping around, you're traveling and things, that gypsy life. And then you end up tattooing in Vegas quite a bit. Yeah. So I, my 
uh, boss ended up seeking me out, uh, which is Ed from Bad Apple. And he offered me a job and I was, I, I was interested, but I was, you know, nervous about moving to Vegas and like being able to sustain, being able to sustain like life in a big city, Yeah. but as a single mother, because now I have like two grown kids and, you know, daycare and everything like that. And daycare is expensive were you already going to vegas often before this um i not super often but i had guest spot but not super often so i had told ed i was like hey i want to come guest spot first i want to make sure like the shop's a good fit and like i like it out there and everything and then i'll make a decision well i went to go guest spot Mm -hmm. and by the end of the weekend i was like hey i'm good like i'm down i'll move and did you already have your spot situated back home no so that's that's much later oh okay so in all of those like moves i've owned blackwater three times and that was the name you always go with yeah okay every time i'm in kingman Mm -hmm. um i've owned blackwater before and I had it downtown once and then i had it you know uptown um and then i have it now uh, each time I end up closing it down, um, because I hit a point where I need to be around other tattooers who are better than me to push me. Right. So I leave because of an opportunity or a chance to work somewhere or work with people. And the only reason I've ever really moved back every single time and opened that shop there is because there's no shop for me to tattoo, so mm. I've got to create my own. But home. the whole reason I go back is like because it's easier for me with kids or, um, you know, like my stroke situation. Right. Um, I was living in Vegas and uh, I was vacationing in San Diego. And I was supposed to be guest spotting. Um, and I was supposed to go do a guest spot first, and then I was going to go get tattooed in Vista um, mm. because there was a tattooer. He was traveling from Canada, and he was just guest spotting, and I was going to go get tattooed by him. So I, like, had planned a guest spot and then, like, was kind of, like, doing a full circle and was going to go back to Vegas. Well, I went down, like, two days early and hung out with friends, and... uh apparently you know everything went you know haywire because i woke up one day and when i woke up it was like uh, like 10 o'clock in the morning and i was supposed to go eat breakfast with some friends and uh i was going to go get ready and i like get off the bed and i like tried to say something and i don't even know how to like imitate what had happened but it was like like it just it was like it came out wild and uh the person that was with me was like uh do you want to try that again and i was like never mind and that came out normal and then so they went to go get some coffee and i like walked around the edge of the bed and like sat down on like the couch and was like reaching it down into my suitcase and like picking out clothes so I can go take a shower. And when I'm like reaching down, um, I, I, something just felt weird. But I don't know how to explain like 
it wasn't really a feeling. It was just, I knew something was weird, but I didn't know what. And then I was like still reaching down and I like went to go like pull the clothes and like come back up. And like, I just went like fully limp and I like kind of like fell down off the bed and it like was like the, or off the couch and the couch was like smack dab next to the bed. So there was like not even like a half a foot to like fit in between the two of them. And so I was like pinned and stuck between them and it's like a uh, dead weight like trying to pick up somebody who's like asleep so like one half of my body is like dead weight and the other half of my body is like normal and i'm like Whoa. trying to pick myself up but it's like not happening and so i keep trying keep trying and because of the way i was pinned i couldn't get myself out um luckily the person came back in a couple minutes later and was like what are you doing and i was like i i can't get up and then like when it had happened like i tried to yell for him and so like now i know like all the things of why you hear about people having strokes or like if they're in the shower or you know they're wherever and like nobody ever get comes to rescue them well it like completely knocked out my like vocal cords i couldn't scream it was like like that night tear shit where like you're just stuck. yes yeah so i couldn't scream couldn't yell couldn't anything and then so uh, the person helped me up and was like, what's, what, what, like, what's going on? And I was like, I don't know. I can't feel this whole half of my body, but it was like really jumbled. And I like, couldn't super make sense. And yeah, like I knew like nothing. I hadn't lost everything. I didn't lose everything until I got to the hospital, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, they told me like, oh, let's go to the hospital. And you know, my reaction was, uh, no, uh, I'm a tattooer and I have no insurance. So let's just wait and see if it gets better. And, you know, cause in my mind I was like, well, we'll just wait 30 minutes. And if it doesn't come back, then I guess we'll go. And luckily the person was like, uh, half of your body's not working. You're going to the hospital. And did you or that person have any kind of like, was there, did you guys knowledge on strokes? No. Because I don't know I mean, about strokes. My knowledge yeah, is from you. Yeah, yeah. I had none. I've never had a family member that's had them. Um, like, I nothing. And, I mean, he, they guessed it, like, once we were, like, on our way to the hospital. But I was kind of in denial and was like, hmm. And, did like. Did you know something was bad? Like, some, like what was the situation? I knew situation? something yeah. was wrong. I didn't panic and, like, really accept it mm-hmm. until I was in the hospital. Yeah. because I was just like, whatever, I'm fine. Like, this sucks. I can't feel stuff, but whatever. Like, I'm okay. Like, I never thought I was dying. Right. I never thought, like, I never was scared. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing like that. But then once I got to the hospital, I'm waiting for, you know, like, I get, get there and I get to the ER. And I'm sitting and waiting in a wheelchair. And... Usually you sit and wait a long time. Well, I got to cut every single person like immediately. And I was like, okay, this is not good. And that's like when I was like, okay, I had a stroke. Like there's no reason why they'd be pulling me back before all these people waiting in this waiting room. Was it, this may sound like a dumb question, but was it painful? No, not at all. It was just like. But I've heard, I've like, cause I've read a, a, 
immense amount of stuff on people like strokes and stroke stories and everything mm-hmm. like that especially like while i was in the hospital i did not know what to do with myself yeah. so i watched every person's video that i could find on the internet um because no strokes the same and they're all completely different and they all attack your brain differently mm-hmm. uh but some people's are painful mine wasn't painful like there was nothing that's why i didn't think anything was wrong i thought i was fine like i didn't think i was dying but apparently i was and uh it didn't hit me until like i got past the like triage and they were like asking me questions and were like you know what's what do you feel what's going on and i like told them everything and i told them like what the past couple days had been like and what I had gone through and all this stuff. And then like, you you know, that like feeling that's like, okay, well now I'm here and now I'm safe. So I'm going to give up kind of like thing. It was like one of those where I had like such a high and like my shock was so high that I was good and I was golden. And then like, once I got past triage and like, they told me like, yeah, you've had a stroke. I was just like, okay, well, they're going to take care of me now. And I like, they started to cut my clothes off. And after that, I just don't, I I don't remember, like, it's not that I don't remember, but it's like, it was, I passed out because I had been bleeding out inside of my brain. So, cause I didn't have a ischemic stroke, which is normally the kind that like the oxygen is cut off from your brain. And like, that's usually the one where like you eat like shit, uh, you take care of your body like shit, that kind of stuff. Uh, I had a hemorrhagic stroke, which is where a blood vessel blows and blood leaks outside of your head. And when the blood like leaks outside, whatever it touches, it kills forever. Like completely. That's so so everything that I've relearned, I have trained new parts of my brain to do the, so the things that I used to do. Truly new. No, yeah, it's yeah. all new. Like I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk. Um, my vision was fucked up. Like. I, my eyes would catch, like, when I looked, like, side to side and, like, up and down, my eyes would, like, like, stay, like, they would not, like, catch up with my head. Uh, when I got in a car, uh, afterwards, it was like being on a boat where it's just constantly spinning and it didn't feel like it was going straight and I couldn't even, like, look at cars and, like, everything would make me panic and, um, I mean, like, when... I first, like, cause I woke up and like, it's like that thing, like where, when you're at the hospital, like no matter what, you're exhausted all the time, but then you wake up in the middle of the night while everybody else is like passed out around you and you're like, okay, I'm hungry, wake up. Like, and then you sit there at like from like midnight to two o'clock in the morning and you're like, what do I do with myself? Like, yeah. it was like that. And so I would always wake up for like when the, the doctors came into the room and they would take me for like CAT scans and MRIs and everything like that. I remember I woke up and they had taken me for an angiogram, which is where they like put that camera like in through your artery that's okay. next yeah. to like next to your thigh or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like I like look over and there's like a TV screen and... I can like see the wire like traveling through my body and it's like in my brain and I'm like looking at this thing and I'm like, what the fuck? Like what's going on? And so I'm like, why, why am I awake for this? Like, 
shouldn't you be past like so in that moment and i'm sure it's vague but is is it is it scary or are you just kind of like no are you making the connection or are you just kind of like okay is that i like- mean i knew what had happened and i like i wasn't like like how coherent were you in this coherent yeah i mean my family likes to say that like i wasn't coherent for any of it and i Right. You know, was passed out and exhausted and asleep see, the whole time. Yeah, they were like, you were like, passed yeah. out and you were gone for a week. And I was like, no, I wasn't. It was a long time and I was there. Yeah, like I was there just because you couldn't understand me. Like, doesn't mean I wasn't there. Doesn't mean I couldn't understand you. Yeah, was, wow. yeah, exa- yeah. Like, I remember my kids coming in. Really? And crying. And, oh you know, my sister was there. My best friend was there. My mother was there. Um I remember, I remember all of it, and I, I would wake up in the middle of the night sometimes, and it would either be my brother would stay in the room, or my best friend would stay in the room, but they'd be passed out, and like I said, uh, how I couldn't yell, that like stayed for a long time. It took me like 10 months to regain like the power in my voice back, so uh, that just didn't really change. And once I, like, kind of regained my, like... Because you're really sleepy because you bled out inside your head. So all the blood makes you tired. Mm. And, you know, the lack of oxygen inside your brain and everything else like that. So I was um, obviously sleeping pretty much 90% of the time that people were there. And then when I woke up, you know, I was hungry. And they won't let you eat because it, like, knocks out half of your body. And, I mean, half of your body, like, peeing was peeing was weird. Like, yeah. half my... Everything felt weird. Uh, your my Like, half my tongue was paralyzed. So that they're scared that you're going to choke. Or choke and yeah. that you're going to uh, swallow your tongue. So they don't let you eat for a while. So it had been five days since I'd eaten. And I was starving, like absolutely starving. And um, most people will know this about me. Uh, I love, love, love grilled cheeses. I am a sucker for a grilled cheese. So, so that was the first thing in my head where I was like, I want a grilled cheese. Like now I'm starving. And of course, they only wanted me to eat like soft foods uh, at first uh, to make sure that I could eat and everything. So I did that and it's, I like ate them and I was like, okay, cool. I'm fine. Like, give me the grilled cheese. And I was like trying to explain for some reason to my family that I wanted a grilled cheese. But every time I said anything, it was just orange juice. I don't really like, I mean, it's not that I don't like orange juice, but like, I don't ever ask for orange juice. Yeah, you're not craving it that much yeah. that day. And, and my mom's like, more orange juice what? Sick of it and point. it was just like, orange juice, orange juice, orange juice. And like, I kept saying like, just, it's like my brain would just like pick random words out of like a memory box and be like, whoa. Couldn't find the right ones. But yeah. Orange is close. You can yeah. Get. So. Oh, but orange was descriptive. And yeah. that makes sense. Maybe the- cheese. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, so I mean like same thing with like, they asked me. You know, they came in and asked me, and they're like, what year is it? And uh, when I first woke up, you know, I, I was like, 1969? I'm, you know, I was born in 1990. Yeah. Like, 
I don't know where I got but like that. The Stooges are cool, and you're thinking yeah. about Iggy Pop that day, and you're like, ah, oh, raw power, yeah. you know. So cooler year number. I have no idea where I got that from, but then yeah. they were like, you know, I travel a shit ton, yeah. which the hospital didn't know this, so the hospital panicked at first. And luckily, my best friend was in the room and was like, you know, chill out. Like, she's she travels twenty four seven because like they were like, okay, well, do you know where you are? And I was like, Vegas, Texas. But those were all valid Arizona. Responses. Yeah, and like I yeah. had just been in Texas two weeks ago. I was in Vegas a couple days ago, and then like the so last place I got to was San Diego. Mm-hmm. And then when I, you know, the, I was like You're telling naming them in yeah, order. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they were like uh i don't know like where she's gonna have to pass more tests and then they brought in like um uh flashcards yeah and they were like okay like and then it's like picture so i was like oh yeah i got this like no problem <laughs> and i remember the like flashcard was a hammock and a cactus and i was like okay i know what that is i live there i'm from there and they're like cool what is it and i was like I live there. And they were like, okay, but you can't pass unless you can literally say the, what the word of what it is. And I was like, and for whatever reason, the only words that for sure stuck with me were cuss words. And I, I literally just was like, fuck you. <laughs> like, it was that, like, I it, was angry. Was, I was just angry and was yeah. like, fuck you. Like, yeah. and they were like, okay, uh, well, you don't pass. And I was like, and, like, they ended up telling me what it was. And I was just like, how did I forget that word? Like, how Whoa. do you forget a word like that? It's and it's, it's not that I didn't it. know it. Yeah. Like, so the one thing that was never taken away from me was, like, my creativity. Like, that wasn't ever, like, gone. So I kept, like, describing everything to the hospital through, like, you know, picture pictures and, like, trying to remember words and like figure out words i felt like pictionary and so you know like pinky in the brain like Mm -hmm. that kind of shit and it's like you know little rats and like you can see them like in the brain and like doing stuff well that's what it reminded me of and it was like okay well there's like these little rats inside of my brain and there's like this slider glass door right here and like here's a table and on the table is the word like spelt out and it's like i can see it in my head and like see it through this door but unless i can figure out how to get through this glass door and touch the word on the table it won't come out of my mouth and like that's how i was feeling and that's what was going on and i I like explained that to the hospital and the hospital's like wow we've never had anybody explain that like that but that's like exactly like what people are going through that have strokes but most people don't explain like in pictures and i was like that's what it's like like the words over there and there's this glass door and it hears a maze like a rat trap and i have to figure out how to get from there to there and it looks easy but i can't figure out how to get the fucking door open yeah and then you know, once I can touch it and then once I figure it out. And so like now I have that story. So that story of like not being able to remember it and it being like a big, you know, deal is how I remember the word cactus. And there's like that, that goes on for like so many words and so many things. So do you think of, 
Well, the word, do the words come to you right away now? But but you almost have to remember the. Uh no. Sometimes I'll. Sometimes I still like trip over myself, and like struggle with words and like say if I was really upset, like if you made me like seriously angry, mm-hmm. I'll like lose the capability of speech. Really. Mm-hmm. It's just too much stuff firing off at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. I know. I, the way you relate words to things, sometimes I remember things wrong and backwards like um for some reason like the number 27 i think and my wife's birthday is on the 28th okay. and like i'm like when's your birthday oh 27th oh it's not the 27th i always think it's 27th when's ross 27th if it's not 27th it's the 28th yeah but the 27th always pops up before the 28th for some reason yeah and i'll i'll like remain with someone named james like okay that motherfucker is not named kevin so that means his name is james yeah. i do this weird shit in my head like i have yeah. overthought horrible like descriptions to explain things. So I feel like I can kind of... Relate yeah. Sometimes yeah. It's way. it's weird. It's definitely like a... There's like a lot of things that... Like before. Like yeah. where I relate to and I'm like... Wow. That like... It's like like a lot of the things that you think about. Like about like aging. Mm-hmm. Where I'm just like... Like senile people. I'm like, oh, okay. That's why they're like that. Like even though I'm not senile yet and I'm not like, like that I've had a brain injury and my brain is like, you know, not nowhere near where it was. Mm -hmm. And so it's a lot more like, you know, being an old person, my brain has been like completely beat up and is like, you know, only, I don't know, 50% or whatever of what it was kind of thing. So I'm like snappy, angry and like, the cold really bothers me and it reminds me of like, you know, old people that are snowbirds. I'm like, mm. oh, they're annoying. It's so stupid that they do stuff like that. And like, now that I've gone through a stroke, I'm like, oh, okay. Now I know why. Like, I'm in pain all the time. Fuck the cold. I just want to be in the summer and the heat 24-7. Like, mm. because uh, what it is, is like your brain's misfiring all the time. So your muscles are constantly firing. So when my muscles are constantly firing, my knee is seizing up, my arm wants to like cramp up and when it's hot, everything relaxes and I yeah. can just like walk straight and walk normal. That yeah. makes sense. I remember when I had like a elbow injury and I would take like a, a hot bath or whatever, have mm-hmm. some salt bath. I'm like, oh, my fucking arm is fine. Yeah. And I'd get out of the bath and I wouldn't be able to use my arm anymore. Yep. Yep. And it would only be, I don't, but in the hot water, I'm like, I can move my yeah. arm. I'm yeah. good. And then I'd get out of the bathtub and I couldn't turn the doorknob. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. I'm thinking about doing this. Uh, I have no I've tried all these therapies mm-hmm. and all these elective things. I have no idea if any of it is has helped or, you know, because I have obviously like regained a lot of stuff, like and a lot of stuff that yeah. they said, you know, they pretty much were like, but you they, don't know what they, you can point to specifically. They, yeah, I don't know what I can point to specifically, but they told my mom, like, you're going to take her home and, like, you're going to wipe her ass for the rest of her life. Oh, like, fuck. uh, you know, you should just get rid of her things. So my mom did. And I, you know, so my, they got rid of my house very quickly. And, um, you know, I got out of the hospital and they were like, so where do we, like, send you for therapy? And I was like, mm, I don't have a home. And... And so, how long were you in the hospital? Uh, I was in the hospital, like the hospital hospital, yeah. for three weeks. But then I was sent to uh, another hospital, and I was in an inpatient rehab for 
five or six weeks. And then I was released after that. But when they went to release me after that, they were like, where do we send you? Do we send you back to Vegas? Because that's where I lived. And um, I was like, well, my family got rid of my house. So, uh, like, I don't know where to go. And my family wanted me to come back to Arizona. But I was just like, there's no stroke care facility. Like, because it's the middle of nowhere. Like, the the biggest thing we have there is Walmart. Like, There's no target. There's no nothing. Like, uh, so work. Yeah, no, not even that. I was in San Diego and I was visiting, and like, luckily, I grew up in San Diego. Half my family is still there. My mm-hmm. dad's side of the family, and so my one one of my aunts lives there, and my aunt is retired and uh, doesn't have any kids at home and has an extra bedroom. And she was like, Whoa. "Well, you could just stay here with me if you need to." Um, you know, oh. so that's what I chose to do. My family wasn't super happy about it because they wanted me to be there with them. Well, my mother, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's not that I was, like, not picking her. And I definitely didn't mean to make her feel like that. You just want to take care of yourself. Now is the best place. But, you know, I was just like, well, San Diego can offer me a whole hell of a lot more than Kingman, Arizona can. Mm-hmm. So I stayed with my aunt um, and did the therapy Basically got better until I got better, uh, which was, you know, around when I started to figure out that I was going to do tattooing, but then COVID happened mm-hmm. and kind of like, you know, shut down the shops and everything like that. So then I was like, okay, well then I guess tattooing isn't happening yet. So, uh, then I, I, then I just moved back to Arizona and, you know, chose to start over because I had clientele out in the desert and all that so i knew if i needed to start over with it and i needed to relearn it would be easier versus like me starting over in san diego because i never lived i mean i lived in san diego but never like in my tattooing career lived in san diego so i moved back to arizona and was like okay well i will just live with my my mother uh in the meantime until this covid thing like goes away and then it was just wasn't going away. Yeah, not. And so then I got impatient and I wanted to start working and I needed to start making money again. And I was in a crap load of debt from not working for a year and a half yeah. and having two kids and, you know, a million bills. And so then I moved, um, ended up moving out on my own. I started tattooing again and then I just kind of said, screw it. And then opened a shop. Wait, wait, wait. Rewind a little bit. So there's a, there's a gap. So when, when did you get the stroke? April of 2019. That's so fucking recent. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you talked about it was a long time ago. It's also at the same time. Cause I'm like, it's like, I feel like it just happened. Like, yeah, it did not that long ago. No, but I've like, like, like two months ago, kind of like recent is what I feel like because I'm still recovering from it clearly. But, uh, you know, I'm coming up on two years, you know, in, in two months. Um, so yeah. Yeah. That's still incredible how fast. So, I mean, man, I, I don't know. You're definitely don't take no for an answer <laughs> <laughs> you, you you have that quality you know what i mean yeah. and i mean you 
nothing slowed you down from tattooing and clearly nothing slowed you down from tattooing. But so you, you, you moved to Vegas and how long were you in Vegas? Like that was the opportunity. You moved to Vegas. We need yeah. to talk about that. What, what? That, that was a great opportunity for me. And I, I had no intention of leaving, no intention of moving, but then the stroke happened. How long were and, you there until? Um, I was only there about like a year and a half. Okay. And so, you know, that's why I, I you know, I'm still going there every, every yeah, weekend. Yeah. So, um, so you were, you were there for me. Yeah. You're settled in. I, I love it. Yeah. I love the shop. I love my boss. I love my crew. Like, yeah, I love that shop. Um, bad apple is definitely one of the best things that happened to me, but, um, you know, me moving back to Vegas, it's not that it isn't doable, but like, after having like no money and not paying bills and not being able to do anything for myself uh, for a year and a half, I was just scared with like moving back to there and like, cause I have two kids, I have to fucking have a two bedroom. Like, it's not like I can just find a studio yeah. and just say, screw it. Um, so it, you know, it's pretty much, it's going to cost me 1300 a month. That's what I was paying when I lived there the last time. And right now I'm staying in a two bedroom apartment um, in Kingman, and I'm only paying six ninety five. It's cheaper than the seven fifty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck were you getting for the seven fifty before? How did it go down lower? No, the so the well, it's smaller. It's a it's a. Oh, it was a three bedroom. This yeah, is two. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was staying in a three bedroom, and it had a garage. Just like every time we refer back but to Kingman, I mean, it just gets cheaper. It was only a hundred and fifty bucks more. Like yeah. what? Um, and it makes right now sense. I live in an apartment, but. It's like the cost of living and, and the, the difference between Kingman and Vegas is only like an hour and 15 minutes. That's like your LA. Yeah. Yeah. That's so nice. like you guys driving in traffic, like yeah. I could just do that, you know, going 80 yeah. every day. So and there's nothing on your way between you and Vegas. So it's, no, not at yeah. all. So, um, that makes sense. But I, so I wanted to stay in Vegas and I wanted to move right back, but then COVID happened. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, I had saved up and I had made the move, like I had intended to move back there. And, but then, you know, COVID happened and the shop shut down. And then I had to use that money that I had saved to move back into a place. And I was just like, okay, well now I can't do it like again. Mm -hmm. So then I ended up back in Kingman and I was tattooing and I was just like, okay. But with tattooing, like getting a glove on, getting a glove off. How did tattooing begin again? I mean, you're, you started over again back in Kingman. How did yeah. that begin? How yeah. did that? I mean, well, it originally didn't start in Kingman. Like I was still living in San Diego with oh, my aunt yeah. and I got really impatient one night and was just like, this sucks. Like, like to the fact of like, I can't even fucking draw. Like, I was just like, I can't make art. I can't do anything that I would like. I actually want to do that I like. Like, I can't do anything. I can't ride a motor- motorcycle. I can't. I, all the stuff that I like, like, has been ripped away from me. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm going to try to tattoo myself. And if I can semi-pull it off, then I will, like, you know, try to tattoo other people. And then we'll see, how, we'll see where it goes from there. So... I had had my tattoo shit because like I said, I was going down there to guest spot and then I was going to go get tattooed. So I had mm. it with me. So it was in my car coincidentally. So I pulled my shit out, laid it out on my bedroom floor, 
sat down crisscross applesauce and tattooed my ankle. And Playboy Bunny? No. Damn. <laughs> I actually did a little chain, like a little, like, of course. Uh, just a little sequence of chain. Um, I'd, I'd actually done two tattoos. One night I, you know, mind you, I was drunk. Mm-hmm. And i was just like fuck it i'm gonna try and i like tried to do a heart with my left hand and it, it's fucked like it reminds me of like that time that you try like first ever trying to tattoo but then you're like laughing at the same time and it's like mm-hmm. yeah. like so uh i did that first and then like mm, probably a couple months later i tried to do the chain and when I did the chain, I obviously was sober and in my bedroom by myself and was just like super concentrated and like the chain's like this tiny, like it's super small, but it took me like 45 minutes. Damn. And so I was just like, holy shit, like, but tattooing can't take that long. Like, yeah. that's not going to work out if it takes like that long. And so, uh, but the lines were straight and it didn't look terrible. And I was just like man, my tattoos were much shittier. My first tattoos with my right hand. Like, so this is a good sign. Yeah. And so I had um, basically decided like I was going to go for it. And so I actually decided to go to Hawaii Mm -hmm. in June. Uh, My best friend moved there. And my best friend also... uh, dates a tattooer who i used to tattoo with at a shop mm-hmm. in bullhead city and but he was in hawaii now and um so one day when i was there he was like fuck it you should do tattoos while you're here and i was like no right and i was like i'm too nervous and like they were trying to get me to like actually do tattoos like do walk-ins and shit and i was Whoa. like no I was like i'm fucking way too nervous yeah. like it's too soon too soon but they were like okay you know we'll do tattoos on us you know so that's so cool yeah so they set all the fucking shit up in the shop and i got to do a tattoo so like i got to go to uh you know sailor jerry like norman keith collins like i got to go to his grave like that weekend Mm -hmm. um and then we went to the tattoo shop and then they set everything up for me and like made it happen and uh I tattooed my best friend and then I tattooed, um, her dude. And when I tattooed both of them, like in neither one of the, the tattoos were horrible, but they just weren't great. And I posted them and they instantly like, you know, I had like over 50 comments and thousand likes and everybody was like, Oh my God, like, hell yeah. I can't believe you're doing it. Like, keep going, keep going, keep going. And then, so many people were so positive and like even though my lines weren't perfectly straight it was just like everybody was stoked and that like gave me that little bit of like oomph that i needed and so then i came home and i was like okay now i'm gonna like dedicate all my time to tattooing like this is like starting over again you know uh and i spent like every ounce of my free time like drawing which has been weird because I used to only love drawing on paper and making actual art. <laughs> but paper is such a bitch because yeah. I can't hold it down. 
And like, so if I'm trying to draw on the paper, it's like the piece of paper is like, like freaking out and an iPad or a person, you know, or a piece of body part is weighted yeah. and it stays. So it's easier. So I pretty much only draw on an iPad now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, then I, so I started doing all that like super heavily, but then I was trying to solve the problem of like, it wasn't tattooing. That was the hardest part. It was like well, how do I like set up and break down and how the hell do I get the gloves on yeah. off? Like, and how do I do it like professionally? Right. And it actually be sanitary and like. Not put it in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so then I, um, I was looking up everything. I mean, I, I found this stupid like contraption that's like meant to put socks on for like huh, okay. uh people like after they have like drop foot and you like shove your foot down and like it goes in and like you pull the sock like up this thing and like it's so it opens it all like huge and then you slide your foot in and then like push it down uh-huh. so i was like maybe that'll work that thing, yeah. so then i like pulled the glove and like you know, it was like open huge and like shoved my hand in and it like worked. But then I was like, what do I, what do I drill this onto? Like I had to find like a, a countertop and I got to drill it onto it. And like, but then I was like struggling to get the glove on there. And so I tried quite a few different things and like looking stuff up on the internet. Like, and then I, I tried like YouTubing, like, how do you get a glove on one handed? There's nothing by the way. At all. We're going to change that. Yeah. So then Done. I... <laughs> it exists. Look that up on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I looked up everything and I had a couple of people send me like things that they found like on the internet, like random things and a couple of tattooers that they had ran into. Like and then there was a couple of like, I think they were foreign. I can't remember. Um, but... They weren't like the greatest tattooers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I never reached out to them. Um, and then I got a message from somebody that was like, hey, check out this tattooer. And it was this guy uh, that goes by Southpaw Tattoos. And he had been in a car accident and his right arm got severed off. So. Uh, and he was a right-handed tattooer, mm. which is the same situation as me. So we didn't go through the same thing, but like, as far as like our careers and everything like that, we're going through everything the totally the same. Yeah. And so I messaged him and I was just like, okay, either cause like he had like, you know, quite a bit of followers. I was like, either he's never going to see this message or he's not going to want us to share his secrets or like, it'll be nice. But, um, I don't know what else to do, so fuck it, I'm going to try. So I messaged him, and it did d- definitely take a little bit uh, for him to get back to me, but uh, when once he did, he was like, of course I'd help. Like, That's awesome. It's not like you meet somebody who's gone through the, like something like you, especially in this circumstance, like whatever you need, like here's my number to like, text me whenever, and I was like, okay, like, blah, like, here's everything I need. And I was like, how are you doing this? Like, yeah. do you have an apprentice? Do they put your gloves on for you? Are they always breaking your shit down for you? Like, w- explain. 
and you know he was like no he's like I do everything myself he's like obviously I've found ways around things like um you know uh that like new ways to do things and then he was like and for the gloves I use the I use a hook and like I hang the glove off of it and I just shove my hand in it and that was like that was all he told me and I, I never saw a video or or anything like that and uh so I immediately went out to Home Depot and there was like this rotating 360 like hook and mm-hmm. I bought that and I actually put a little bit of cohesive bandage on the end of it because I thought that the metal was just going to rip through the, every pair of gloves every single time. Right. And I literally tattooed from 12 o'clock in the afternoon till two in the morning. And I did eight tattoos that day. Just on homies? Yeah. Well, it's like I had a couple of cousins, um, who were down, like, I, I tattooed one, and then, like, four of them were like, I want tattooed, I want tattooed, I want tattooed. Is that hook the same hook that you use now? Uh, yes. So you just found the right hook? Yep. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I, then I did all those tattoos, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I feel normal. Like, Because, like, I had tattooed, but, like, it was so hard. Like, every time that I had tried to tattoo, it was like, I'd either have to be like, hey, like, somebody come over. Like, can you put your put my glove on for me, like help me, you know, be sanitary about this. And, uh, you know, that just like wasn't working. So I was like, I have to figure out this glove situation first. Well, once I figured out that glove situation, that's what like, you know, I ended up tattooing eight people in one day. And I just like, I knew I wouldn't be able to be doing that 24 seven because my body just won't tolerate me tattooing all day anymore. But, uh, it was like, finding tattooing all over again wow and i was just like this was the best day ever like yeah holy cow and like i can do it and you know it was no problem and like obviously you've seen me use the glove thing it's just like on and off easy peasy like one two three and so uh once i figured that out uh i started going Back to Bad Apple, guest spotting, tattooing a couple weekends a month. And COVID didn't go away. So I was still like, there's just not, you know, there's no walk-ins. There's not enough business. Not enough for me to move back to Vegas yet. Mm-hmm. So I ended up being like, okay, well, um, if I'm stuck in Kingman, I have to have a shop to work at. Right. And so I said, screw it, and opened my shop back up and that I had had in the past. And I swore I would never own one again simply because I just don't like being responsibility uh, for owning a shop. Mm-hmm. But I also don't like being responsible for other people. And uh, that's the, probably the biggest part. So, but a big thing for me as well with thinking about all this because it technically uh in all reality um the way the kind of stroke that i had uh is because i have a malformation on my brain and if you have a malformation uh you're born with it it's something that i it would have happened at some point of my life it just basically is kind of like a tire in like going from summer to winter winter to summer and it just pops. Well, eventually, because um, like 
your veins go like this and like there's this little part that comes off the side of it and that's the malformation so it's kind of like a cul-de-sac and the blood just like runs in and out really high like pressure and fast because it's supposed to go somewhere and not just like run in and out really fast well that's what it is and that's what it did so it you know it blew um uh technically i have another one on the other side of my brain and whatever you know side of your brain you know so i had a stroke on um it's like my my right side was affected so that means i had a stroke on the left side of my brain so i have another one but it's on the right side of my brain so if that ever happens um, which it's not guaranteed and hopefully it never does. Uh, but if that ever happens, then that would knock out this side of my body. So, and, and I've got kids and I'm obviously young and, you know, in my head I was like, okay, well, I don't want to put, be put in any sort of a situation that and like, I can't, I love tattooing and I will never give it up and I won't, uh, that like that will never change. However, I can't be that like, tattoo from freaking 10 a.m to 10 p.m yeah and do you know six to eight appointments a day like i can't do that anymore yeah and i am still recovering so i still need to do like a lot of therapy and a lot of other stuff and you know a lot of shops you know aren't super lenient about like yeah you know you can just come and go as you please you know do what you want so i was like okay well maybe owning my own business for the time being would be like beneficial like as far as like attacking all of like the recovery stuff that I want to do and spending all the time that I need to on myself and then you know I was just like okay well if I make an established shop too it's like I have that money coming in from that so that I'll never be caught in that situation you know and you know like last time and then I had to use my entire savings and it was gone like you know immediately so That was like my theory with like opening the shop, but you know, ultimately, you know, I'll never, I won't stay in the middle of nowhere forever. It's just, <laughs> it drags you back though. Yeah. And it's safe. Yeah. It's safe and it's yeah. cheap. It is cheap. It's so cheap. It is cheap. And I get to travel and do whatever I want, whenever I want because of it. So. It doesn't sound like, I mean, it doesn't sound like a bad place to be stuck. No. It sounds like a place you start or Especially you end not up. with uh, COVID. I was just like, oh, well, I'm glad I live in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So. So, like, so now, since you, since you figured out the hook glove dealio, how long from then till now was it? Uh, that was August. September, October. That's fast. Yeah. And as far as, like... I would say my first month too, I wouldn't do anything like over like, right. and I wouldn't do more than lines either because I wanted to like do that for like so long. And then I ended up meeting this other tattooer. Um, his name's Devin. He goes by uh, Devin Blood or, or something like that. He ended up, he's I think up in either Sacramento or San Francisco, somewhere up in that area. Uh he got shot in the head. Um, somebody was trying to like rob him and his girlfriend and he was like on the other side of the door and they shot him and it like had, you know, gone in his head or whatever. And I think part of it's like still in his head. Yeah. Um, 
So it kind of affected him the same way, almost. And my boss, Ed, at Bad Apple, had told me about him. And he has a book, like, on the whole thing and, like, his experience and relearning stuff and everything like that. And, like, so he had to switch hands and um, change a lot of things, like, but, you know, managed to figure out tattooing. So then I ended up uh, reading the book and was just, like, so intrigued by it. And so then I ended up messaging him and was, like, you know, asked him a bunch of questions, too, and... Um, you know, he had a lot of advice and, uh, I remember I had posted, you know, I, uh, it was like maybe my 10th tattoo or something like that. And it, I was still doing like, I think I did like a rose outline and it was like, mm-hmm. yay big. And Devin comments on it and was like, quit being a pussy about it. Start doing shading. And he was just like, you're never going to get anywhere unless you just do it. You know, which is, like, exactly how it was, like, you know, with tattooing, like, originally. And I was just, like, okay. You know, and I just, like, went for it. And then, you know, he was right. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. As far as, like, one thing I was surprised about, because I feel like, I mean, half the job is stretching. I thought you were only going for, like, shins and outer forms. But you're tattooing everywhere, and you're making it happen. So... How are you doing it? That was like tricky. Is it like a kind of a palm slash? So for one, I like a lot of people always panic because they think that like I want them to move and it's like I don't want them to move. I'm doing what I'm doing because I'm doing it like to make you feel tattooing kind of better for you. It, so yeah. like I'll set my hand down and then I'll like pull sideways with my hand and then I like tattoo or in like hold the machine like this oh, so you're using using the weight of your arm to so kind of i'm using the, the weight of my arm and like the other side of my hand and then i'm like tattooing and drawing like you know with my fingers but i'm like keeping the side of my palm down shit yeah so my whole hand is like multitasking like wow. a motherfucker but you know then uh so i do that but it's like i definitely was strict about like tattooing certain parts of the body because it was easier mm-hmm. um I, I I still am, and I don't want to say this like I it's because it, it's not meant to hurt anybody's feelings or anything like that. But like, if it was a much bigger person, I still am not gonna tattoo the ribs or the stomach or it's I just impossible I can't stretch enough, and I'm not gonna give you a shitty tattoo. Yeah. Uh, you know, if it's some really skinny person who Maybe. you know has been like fit their whole life and like. You know, they it could be like me and they're skinny and stuff, but they had kids and doesn't matter because that skin is still stretchy as shit. I'm not going to tattoo. I'm probably not going to tattoo their stomach yeah. or ribs or anything like that. But then if it's somebody who hasn't had children and everything hasn't stretched out and their skin's super tight, hell yeah, I'll still so do So lower it. arms and lower so, legs are like the go-to yeah, goal. Yeah. Like, like I asked you today, if you could pick an area on the body. For me, I love it from the knee down. Yeah. Like... That's it's flat, my go-to. It's stretched out yeah. on everyone. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so. sense. What about before? Honestly, I don't know if I thought about it before. I didn't think about it until you asked me today. Yeah. I think out of form just aesthetically. And it and it's stretched out and kind of easy to tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I had an area before. There's never like a go-to where you slap tattoos. Like, this belongs there. You're drawing things unknowingly for certain spots? No. 
I'm because I'm definitely. I mean, not that everybody's like this, but the the kind of client that I am, I never go in and know where I'm getting tattooed. I usually go in and I'm like, yeah, I want that. Find the place that it fits the best. That's the fucking best. No one's like that. That's bullshit. That's how I I get tattooed. That's how you should get tattooed. Yeah. Yeah. And I I tell people, it's like, either get, pick the tattoo and put it where it fits best or pick the spot and find a design that fits best. Don't pick the tattoo and the spot and put in the wrong fucking spot. Yeah. I think, um, it has to go like, especially too. Cause but were you always like, that way or is that the tattooer and you knowing that? No, I would say I was always that way. Really? I mean, other than like my first tattoo, because my mom was like, your tattoo can't show. So yeah. I, I did it on my back because she was like, it can't show. The Do you still have Well, it's like partially covered. Cause I have like a tiger, uh, like a giant tiger head with like a dagger stabbing through it on my back and like. The dagger comes through and like definitely covers one of them, and then like the other one is still like half open because I was still supposed to get like stuff outlined on my butt and like the mm. right trap or whatever it was, but I haven't. Um, so they're partially there. So with the body being cut in half and losing mobility in this half and then not being able to walk and going to therapy for weeks what what do you get back and not get back and then you have and to why and why yeah. and then when you relearn things you're learning them new how, how does that work like uh okay so i don't know how you're gonna answer that question i loaded it so confusing <laughs> It's confusing. It's a miracle. It it's is. amazing. And like the only reason I even know now is like from experience and from learning so much about it uh, and studying everything I can on the internet. Yeah, because like even the doctors, when they like explain things to me, like I was not prepared for like what my life was or what like my life was going to become. Like they even give you a binder like to leave the hospital with. It's like, but that, that shit didn't like, that doesn't tell you like, I literally was so pissed and was like, somebody should write a fucking book that is like the book that you hand people to people that have had strokes. And it's like, this is what your life's going to become. Get fucking prepared. Because the people that gave you that book, yeah. they, the people that wrote it don't have experience in it. Yeah. Well, the, the, book, that they, the, the, the book that they actually give you is like, uh, this is so bad because I've had a stroke and... I should know this, but I don't. Uh, it's like, I think it's it's fast. And it's like F-A-S-T. And it's supposed to mean like, I don't know, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of it. I don't know. It's, it's they something. They need a book like in Beetlejuice. It's, it's like, supposed so to dead. mean like, you know, you, something about like paying attention to you, like your speech, your fucking, uh, if you start to slur. Right. Like, you know, what things happen and it's like the order it's supposed to happen. So you're supposed to remember that. And it's uh, like the book is on like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's not, I mean, I it is useful and you're supposed to know that. But it's like, that wasn't the stuff that I need to know. Like, it should have been the stuff that says like, okay, you're going to have to relearn to walk. Like, relearn to talk. And then on top of that, like... You know, I couldn't multitask anymore. So, like, if I was trying to text somebody and, like, my mom was talking to me at the same time, I'd be like, 
shut the fuck up. And I'd get mad and like angry and was like, stop talking to me. Like you're interrupting. And it was just like, it reminded me of old senile people. And I'd be like, and I would lose it. Or like, if I was like trying to make myself dinner and like somebody's talking at the same time. And then I hear like a baby crying in the background and a fucking cat meowing. I'd freak out. And it was like, um, it reminds me of like autistic kids and like why they get stressed out. And I'm like, oh my God, this is horrible. Like, I have a little bit of that. I can relate. Yeah. That's what they're going through. Like I'll tune into the thing I don't want to listen to and only hear that thing. Exactly. And I'm like, so, and I just start to panic and I'm like, I don't like this. And so, um, I feel like they should write a book that like tells you about all that, that stuff, the stuff that you're actually going to go through and the stuff that's actually going to stress you out and like, you know, that kind of stuff. And it, it just, they didn't prepare you at all. And I'm talking like, you know, when I said like it's split in half, I mean, one half of your brain controls one side, which is the opposite one actually. Mm -hmm. And then the other brain, other half of your brain controls the other side. And it's literally straight down the middle. And like, it's so much straight down the middle that it was like, I had to go pee. And I would like sit there and I'm like, and I'm, I I knew I had to go pee, like deathly go pee. I'm going to pee my pants. And I am sitting there and I'm like, but I can't remember how to feel like to make myself go pee. And I'm like, and then like, I'm trying to remember and like, I can kind of feel on like one side and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this is what? Like it, it had done that like straight down the middle. Like same thing. Like I didn't post videos or pictures of myself for the first couple of months because uh, like I had like the full drooping and like it. So how do you get that back? My face so I did a shit ton of acupuncture. And really? Got my face stabbed with needles up the yin And it worked. And I went for eight months every couple weeks. And, um, and it's I've just done. those muscles trying to get them to get the memory yeah. back. And I did like electro, uh, pulse like electronic magnetic field therapy. I went to. It sounds like some Scientology uh, stuff. Yeah. I went I to. I trust that hyperbolic uh oxygen chamber therapy what's that um it's where you sit in a like a pressurized thing yeah like uh, so it's meant for people that um like iron lung <laughs> like uh like the welders that like go underwater oh. and like you know and they have end up getting the bubbles like it's yeah, yeah, supposed yeah, yeah, to be yeah. to like help people like with that kind of stuff but it also can be like for third degree burns or like if you get bit by a crazy spider it Whoa. helps you like heal faster like way faster huh. so um i had heard about that a long time ago actually way before all of this um i had had a uh, a massage therapist that i went to um, and she had gotten in a wicked gnarly car accident and she swore up and down that like the only reason, cause like they said she would never walk again, never massage again, um, never hike, never do anything. And she, now she hikes more than anybody I know. Yeah. And obviously she massages, you know, she was my massage therapist and she was like everything that I could say that like, I can, like that I can say that all of the credit goes to is hyperbolic therapy. And I thought wow. about that and I was like, so I started doing a bunch of research and like there are people that have gone to it for strokes. There's no like proven, you know, records on like 
it actually being helpful. Wasn't well, acupuncture and all that stuff too? It's also scientifically, it's kind of a. Well, it's all like Eastern medicine. Yeah. Like, so it's, you know, not guaranteed. Most doctors say you're going to be wasting your money, but all of that kind of medicine has been the most beneficial in my recovery. I think the problem is that stroke. each practitioner has a little magic and it's not like a trade where you can learn like, yeah, if it, you can go to a shitty acupuncture therapist, yeah. you know, but so it's not as guaranteed, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. So I had, that's how I had gotten like a lot of my face back. And I also did Botox and, you know, countless other things. Um, I've spent a lot of money on my health. Um, good. It's important. <laughs> yeah. So you don't know how much it's worth until yeah, it goes something like that. Right. And so, uh, it was really like split up and down, like straight up. And they tell you, um, my, I, my, my therapists that I had that were like the inpatient therapy. The reason that you, your, your foot, uh, you regain the most of it, m- most of it back and faster than your hand is because you walk on your feet every day. Mm. So you force your, you know, you're forcing yourself to get up. You want to go pee. And like, like if I would have just gave up and just like accepted being in a wheelchair, then I would have never gotten better. And like my foot would still be just as bad really? as my arm. But because I was just like, you know, a stubborn asshole was like, you're not helping me to the bathroom every single time I go to the bathroom. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. But my hand, I don't walk on my hands. You don't have that weight that's on it and it needs the weight that's on it. So that it is, um, so that your, your, all your nerves are firing and, uh, because it's like constantly just sitting there and just hanging, like it doesn't have like any sort of sensory stuff going on versus like I'm constantly walking on my foot. Mm. So that's why like there's the difference between the leg and the arm. And um, personally, I don't know if this is for sure. I think that the reason why I haven't regained my hand back and why some people, you know, because in some strokes, some people do gain their stuff back. Some people don't. Some people, you know, all of that. I think that people that have ischemic strokes have a lot more likelihood of regaining stuff back because it's just their oxygen cut off. Not that it's not dangerous and it's still like it takes a long time to recover from, but it's just the oxygen cut off. So eventually your brain will get better versus I had a brain bleed. So, you know, and like I said, the when you're... Uh, brain bleeds and touches your brain it kills it it kills it yeah so it's like i will keep getting better if i can like master teaching my brain like teaching other parts of my brain to learn new new things yeah so you know as far as the the hard part with the hand is there's just not enough because like i don't even have like a grip or enough anything to where I could even just be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to carry a duffel bag today. Like there's just no grip. Like as soon as I put something heavy weighted, my hand just goes, whoop, mm. and just like, let's go. So, um, like I'll try to do push ups, which it's, I can do it, but it's like a struggle. And like, I like put my hand down, but then like my hand starts to panic 
Mm. Like, because the muscles start to, like, all of them start to fire. And my knuckles start to, like, go like this. And then, like, the hand starts to, like, stay up. And then trying to do a push-up like that. You know, so I can only do so many. And they say the way that you learn stuff and remember stuff is with repetition. And I've got 30 years worth of, you know, it's going to take forever, yeah. you know, to get to that point. Yeah. And um, I'm doing it. But especially because I had so much atrophy, like from being like not walking for so long and being in a hospital, in a hospital bed and like they won't allow you to walk. They even have like alarms on the beds that scream when you get off of them because they don't want you walking because like you can hurt yourself or whatever. You can. Yeah. (laughs) Even that. But that's why you got in some I'm a stubborn asshole. I got caught for getting off my bed and not listening to them a lot but you you know a bunch of friends came to visit me one time and like assholes kept making me laugh and laugh and laugh and like i kept ringing that buzzer and like the nurse didn't come fast enough and so like they made me laugh again and i pissed my pants (laughs) and there was like nothing i could do about it and i was just like you know what i'm not doing i'm not doing that again fuck you i'm i'm walking to the bathroom like whether you like it or not but you know there was alarms and they would go off and but i get why they're doing it but i'm like i'm not an 80 year old like i get why everybody else is being treated like that but like i'm not you know i don't want to be treated that way so which you know that's why I'm at where I'm at. And like, that's what it's taken to get to where I'm at. Um, but yeah, it's been crazy. That's incredible. That resilience is crazy. Yeah. Where do you get that from? Um, like even, even as a kid, like I need to get straight A's, get a tattoo. Cool. Done. Like how, how do you have that? Where is that? How? Uh, I, want I mean, I could honestly selling any. I'll buy. I'll buy a little bit of that. <laughs> I could say where I think it comes from, but it ain't a pretty place. Uh, I had a really rough father. Yeah, like a really rough father, and I think because I mean, not that I would ever wish it on anybody, or you know, but at the same time, like I am super thankful for it. Because I think it made me who I am. Yeah. And at the same time, my dad, when I was 19, um, called me. And we, we've, ne- we've never had a good relationship. We've always had a really rough relationship and not a very friendly one. Um, but he called me when I was 19 and he was uh, diagnosed with cancer. And he had squamosis skin cell carcinoma. And... Uh, they told him he had uh, six months left to live. And if he did chemo, he had a year. But the chemo was only going to give him six months. And he was like, okay, well, fuck you guys. Like, I'd rather just not be sick and not be, like, feeling like shit the whole time. And just go out with my six months and enjoy my six months than to struggle. So my dad went out. And uh, took a motor home and just started traveling in the country. Uh, ended up at some raw food festival because my dad's kind of a, a hippie. Um, ended up at a raw food festival. My dad became a raw foodist. Completely went raw food. Vegan, all that. Everything, the shebang. Yeah. Uh, with food alone. 
literally food because my dad never went back to the hospital. He had this tumor that was in his throat and it was like this big. And uh, he never went back to the hospital. Completely gone. My dad's still alive just till this day. Just being raw vegan? Just, yep. That's incredible. Yep. And, uh, you know, and he's still alive. And I used to say, I have no idea where you get that will willpower from. Like, I could never give up cheese because I love cheese. And I'm just like, I'm not forced to give up cheese. So I haven't. But in this situation, I was just like, wow, I've had to give up a lot of things. And if you would have told me before, I would have been like, yeah, I would have just died. There's no way I'd do that. But like, it's like in reality, you know, it's like the same thing. Like a couple of uh, my coworkers in Vegas told me like, if this happened to me, I would just give up tattooing. And I'm like, okay, but you guys are parents. Like, because everybody I work with is, you know, has kids. And I'm like, how would you pay for your kids? How would you take care of things? Like, and they're like, yeah, I don't know. And I'm like, literally, I can't get a job doing anything else. I have a disability. Like, I'm too angry and I pop off about everything. You know, stuff like, I can't remember stuff. I don't have strength, so I can't carry things. My balance tattooed. is bad. Yeah, I, I mean, I do do tattoo, but it's like... No, I'm saying you're too tattooed. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, and I'm too tattooed. Um, and I was just like, how am I going to get a job? And I was like, I have to make this work. Like, I've got to figure it out. And uh, luckily, like, in tattooing, like, you just have to sit and you just have to draw. Like, if, if, if I would have had the kind of stroke that, like, attacked the part of my brain that was artistic, yeah, it would have screwed me forever. Right, like, yeah. but that didn't happen to me, and I got lucky enough, and I, you know, still was able to, and so I, like, told them that, and they were like, yeah, well, that's true, and I'm like... Yeah, but either way, you're going to keep saying what you say until you're put in that situation. Right. And then you're just like, you know, it's like if there was an apocalypse. Find out who's and, who real quick. you know, there's zombies coming and they're going to kill your kids. Like, <laughs> you're going to handle shit. You're going to do it. Like, you love zombies. I feel like even it's a, yesterday. It's a good it use. So it's a good so. use. Not that it ever happens, oh, but it's man. a good use. Yeah. Uh, but Yeah. No, so I think that some of it kind of like ties back to him and like that. Yeah. And like a lot of my childhood and the way I was raised and I didn't have much of a childhood. Like I was raised very much like a an adult and like treated like an adult and um, just had to grow up really quick. And yeah. uh, I think that being raised that way, it just kind of like put me on that in that mindset and I didn't ever want to be like someone's responsibility or have to ever rely on them like and what I because of what I had gone through and like I needed to figure shit out and I needed to make my own money and I needed to have my own career and I needed to be able to do everything on my own I mean you never because of what I'd gone through never to like choose the cards you're dealt but you get to choose how you deal with them yeah I mean that toughness gave you gave you some toughness and how to deal with yeah life yeah i think so super cool thanks i mean it's also it it is so quick just a couple years and then i mean i mean obviously i follow you closely and see your work and and i mean even seeing you like tattoo that that stomach yesterday it was just blown away i'm like she's tattooing a lower stomach right now 
Yeah. That's fucking crazy to me. That's crazy to me. I think I think it's so cool. It's so cool and so inspiring. And it's like it's you know oh well what if this happened? What if this happened? And I guess you find out what happens and find out who's who real quick. And like I always say that in tattooing, like no matter how someone got in, was apprenticeship or or hard work too long or you know the hard way or the right way or whatever wrong way, it there's so many reasons like. There's so many roadblocks and the people who are tattooing today, none of them probably should have been, but they're people that didn't quit and didn't give up. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm having a hard time finding words. I, I just couldn't imagine. I just couldn't imagine going through that, but it's so inspiring. And it makes me feel like, man, like, you know, it, it is possible. And I think other people hear this story and then you finding that, that guy's Southpaw tattooer and, yeah. and, um, it's just it's stri- it's striking how people like immediately like oh I just give up you yeah. know what I mean like I I don't, I don't think I think like that but I mean I was there's... like that I I did I like for that's only because no representation months. there's there's no there's no um you never saw anyone that could overcome yeah but you're someone that's doing it well, and then so people see this and they don't have to think first thought like oh I can't do that bullshit I've seen you do that yeah it's possible I mean. I I thought you know just like that first tattoo you're like oh it's there I thought it was over for the first couple months and you know I was like you know before I had tried yeah and I was like that it's just tattooing's over for me but then I I was sitting there and I was sulking you know in my freaking own tears and mm-hmm. I was just like okay well I'm you know because when I had the stroke I was only twenty nine. I'm 29. I'm going to sit in this bed for the rest of my life until I'm old enough to die, which who knows when that's going to be like, that can't happen. I'm too young. This sucks. And that's Mm -hmm. like, that was enough for me to be like, okay, I need to fucking figure this out. And that's like what pushed me because I was just like, I can't sit in this bed for like 30 years. Yeah. And like, I refuse to have other people do things for me. No, like I don't accept it. And then that's when I figured it out. And I definitely struggle still. Like, of course you should see how many things I break in my house. Like it's not on purpose. It's just trying to do shit one handed. Like, ugh, I drop, you know, all kinds of jars. I, (laughs) you know, cut things, break things like it. And I just, the other day I, tried to open a yogurt and then the yogurt just like because i was trying to like pull the lid off like with one hand it like flew at me and the yogurt went all on my legs the whole couch and then the yogurt landed upside down on the carpet normally i would have just like raged and then i was just like oh okay this is bullshit this sucks and then i just picked the yogurt up and just ate it Fuck yeah. It's just like, fuck, fuck yeah. you. Yeah, five second rule clearly yeah. stands. Uh, yeah, but you didn't let it ruin your day. Yeah. Sat no, I actually, that I that actually, carpet that day. Yeah, I actually, <laughs> actually would have been super pissed like, you know, beforehand. I definitely would have been like, what the fuck? What but can you do? Now I like, I laughed and was like, this is bullshit. And I was like, but at the same time, like, fuck it. Like, Picked the yogurt up, <laughs> ate what was left of the inside. Then afterwards was like, okay, I should probably clean, you know, yeah. my clothes off. And then I went to work. Yeah. So. 
Thank you so much for like working with me this weekend. It's been so cool. Yeah, heck yeah. It's really, really cool. Really inspiring. And it, it's like just seeing the way you go about things. Like, I mean, it doesn't seem like you have any disability. I, I definitely don't like, want to seem like I do. You don't. I don't. I, I see. I just see like off. extraordinary ability. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. like I can do what you can do with one hand. I'm like, fuck, man. I can't. You know, I don't. I just, yeah. Uh, it just. Uh, it's. I don't have words for it. It's really cool. It's really inspiring. Well, thanks. I am giving it my best. That's for sure. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So Tell where me. to next? <sighs> Cause you're back at it. You're on the road again. You're hungry. You're a new tattooer. Yeah. It's a new chapter. Right now I'm just like chasing every guest spot. And yeah. I'm still tattooing like half the time in Vegas and then half the time at my shop as well. Um, right now I'm doing that. And I now honestly, you're making time to do you're doing LA. You've done here. Yeah, I I got LA coming up, and then I and then I'm gonna be in Mesa and Immaculate, and uh, so I'm gonna I keep doing quite a bit of guest spots. To be completely honest, yeah, I don't know where completely because like I just chose Kingman and was like, okay, this is the good spot for like my start starting over yeah. and like restarting my career. Um, where I want to go afterwards i don't know because i don't even know if i'm gonna go back to like you know vegas or if i'm gonna go if i'm gonna end up coming back to california or you know where uh i would say that i'm still like i was before wherever the job opportunity is i love that yeah you'll find out yeah when it happens we'll see yeah (laughs) yeah let's end this there i think that's a. I think that's a good place i think i like that ending sweet Yeah. Yeah.